Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Talk Recorded live. Okay, it is uh, August uh, 4th. 2017 is a session three of uh, Happily Ever After with my man, Akeem Grant. Uh, Akeem just uh, was uh, granted a, uh, a, no pun intended, a new nickname, <laughs> a new nickname. His name, his nickname is now Akeem the Dream, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon in the NBA. Um, he was, uh, he is, you know, uh, he was smooth. He was unstoppable. He was really smart, um, and um, he had to get double and triple team all the time. I don't know. You, do you know uh, any idea what was his skill set? Because I'll um, tell you if you don't. Yeah. No, nah, I'm not sure. Yeah, he was a center, which means he was the biggest guy on the court on his team down low. Oh, okay. This guy, nobody could stop him from shooting. He had so many spins, head fakes, drop steps, all of these moves that mess people up. He'd be breaking Santa's ankles down there, down low, man. You couldn't stop this guy, bro. It was amazing. Hook shots, layups, dunks, head fakes. Oh, my God. That's why they call him a dream, because you couldn't dream up half the shit he was doing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He was a man, but he was also really cool. You know, he was uh, an MVP when the Houston Rockets won their uh, their uh, um, um, championship uh, yeah. against the Knicks. Damn. The closest the Knicks ever got to a championship after the seventies was when they lost to Houston in seven when they was winning three to two, and uh, they could have won in Game Six and they lost that. And then they lost Game Seven too. That was heartbreaking. That was in nineteen ninety three. I still remember the games, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I'm a Knicks fan. But I just want to say, like, I had number of respect for Hakeem. Hakeem, and so his name was nickname was Hakeem the Dream. I'm like, wait a minute, that's your nickname because you gonna be the smoothest cat out there, and I'm gonna tell you why. So. Uh, I do want to cover uh, the assignment, but I want to talk about okay. this first while it's fresh for me, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about emotions last session, and I definitely want to hear what you got to say about that. But um, I was reading an article about women and um, about men and women and how emotions affect the relationship. You know, it's one of the yeah. five biggest areas, right? And so um, men are at least 10 years behind women and our skill set and our abilities to be great with our emotions. Okay. <laughs> because because girls are playing mommy when they're two and three years old. We don't even yeah. think about the opposite sex and family until we're like 13 to 15 years old. Yeah, that's so, true. Right? By the time we're seven years old, we talk about put, pull your big boy pants up, man up, toughen up, all of that stuff, right? So we yeah. don't have chance to go out there and then women get mad at us because we're not as emotional as them like we're supposed to be able to do that we don't get mad at them when they can't pick up our, the shit that we can pick up why do they get mad at us for like not being able to manage our emotions or express our emotions yeah right <laughs> so anyhow, so that's that so but here's the thing that i want you to get i, I you 
I don't know how many times you're going to need to say this to yourself or hear this on this recording, but I'm going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. Women want to be in relationships more than men want to be in relationships. All right. More, it's more than that. Women want men more than men want women. You know why? Okay. Because we're their, safe, we're their source of safety and security, but we don't need them for us to be successful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so we careful. When we come to dating and serious relationships, we chill the hell out. We'd be like, you got to prove that you're worthy. Uh, you, you know, oh, like that. Yeah. Right? I mean, as soon as they say, well, where's this relationship going? All of a sudden, you get uptight, you know, and uh, and worrisome, and you'd be like, oh, no, nah, man, I, I, listen, now nah, you got to prove that you're going to be worthy because I don't know if you're going to be reliable, if you're mostly mature or any of that other stuff. So, yeah. you know, men are walking around hoping that women like them. But what they don't know is that women are desperate, 90% of women are desperate to be in a relationship with a man, of the ones that are straight, not the lesbians, right? Mm. They want us more than we want them. We want to be with them, but no, they need us for safety and security, bro, and yeah. to fulfill their fantasy. You know, somebody take care of them like their dad did, except for sexier. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they're over there trying to make you prove yourself because they don't want to let you know how desperate they are to be with you, or maybe not you, but a man. Uh-huh. So you're in control, bro. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It's believable, but you still got to experience it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you know why players can play the way they do? How come? Because they know what I just said. It's in their bloodstream. It's in their DNA. Oh, she likes me. Haha, <laughs> watch. I'm going to make her prove it. I'm going to make her work for me. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, you see yeah. how hard you see how hard women work to try to get their guy to commit, get their kind of get their guy to take care of him. See how hard women work to make guys do what they want them to do. Oh, uh-huh. have you noticed that? <laughs> nah, I have. Yeah, that's desperation, bro. Desperation. I'm just saying. Yeah. So I want you to know that. You're actually in control. Okay. You don't know it yet, but you you use this control, my brother. So, <laughs> yeah, own it. All right. Yeah. So, okay. Now that I put that out there, you know, I I want you to really. See what that feels like. You are a yeah. Ferrari um, looking for a driver uh-huh. instead of letting instead of letting the drivers find the Ferrari. Okay. They act like they're the food. No, you're the food. <laughs> and they don't want you to know that. We're going to talk about this a lot more when it comes to the dating job, the dating program okay. after this. But I just yeah. needed to put this in here, man, because I think this is going to give you some confidence. And then when I start talking about it in the dating program more, you're going to 
you're going to remember this conversation. You're going to be like, oh, damn, got it. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, anything you want to say about what I just said? Um, no, nah, I'm okay at the moment. Okay, good, good, good. All right, good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mean to throw you off, but it was just like some, just some extracurricular activity, extracurricular uh, content. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to hold back on that, man. Yes. So, all right, Hakeem, Hakeem the Dream. I got to keep remembering to take the H out, man, because you Hakeem. But, uh, <laughs> you're still the dream, bro. You're the dream. I'm just saying. All right, so talk to me about the assignment. All right, so um, what happened? Yeah. All right, so I'd open the um, email. Okay. By the way, you got my acknowledgement about you know how you handled the uh, payment, right? In the email. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just to say, you know, that was I had forgot about it, so I was grateful to see it when I when I looked at my phone. And oh. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Word. All right, yeah. So I see the um, assignment, right? It says, um, look at all your relationships and identify which aspects of your relationships tend to be either basically emotional or unemotional. Yeah. Right? Yes. And um, this inquiry is intended for you to see how you've been relating to relationships when you have, oh, when have you operated true or to whatever or what's been stated earlier and yep. when you haven't. Yeah. All right, so... Like I was thinking about, like, all, like, my past relationships. Yeah. And, like, so, like, I divided up into, like, um, let's say, like, in terms of um, with friends, um, mm-hmm. let's say love interests and family. Yeah. And I'll say um, when it comes to love interests, I think I've been, like, very unemotional. Mm. So, like, I, I don't really recall being, like, very, like, open with them or, like, sharing with them at all. Like with friends, it's um they might they they will, they will they they will definitely end up sharing more than than me in terms of that, but I do share to some extent. Yeah. And family, I'll say it's like about fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. It might be a little bit um like off from that. Okay. All right. So um, I totally got that. Um from a gender-specific perspective, men are only allowed to have three emotions, actually mm-hmm. four. But most men don't know about, don't, don't pay attention to the fourth one. Yeah. So if the, the main emotions men are allowed to have is happy, you know, funny, mm-hmm. ha, ha, laugh, right, happy, yeah. um, angry, not too angry, but they're allowed to be angry, Yeah. Um, cool, like, meaning, you know, poker face. Like, I ain't letting you know how I feel. Uh-huh. Those are three ways of, of being emotional expressions that men are allowed to do without looking like a jerk or weakling, none of that. <laughs> There's a fourth yeah. way of being that you're allowed to be. It's called smooth. Uh-huh. You're allowed to be smooth. Smooth, charming, persuasive. You're allowed to be that. Yeah. You know, and, like, women love that because it's sexy and, at the same time, it's almost like their dad is taking care of them to some degree. Yeah. You know, it's like, I got you, honey. You know, you, you, you're saying stuff that makes them feel comfortable, makes them feel good. Now, you can be charming because you're just trying to be a player, or you can be charming because you're actually trying to take care of them and make them feel safe yeah. and secure. 
But the charming makes a woman feel like they're being taken care of. That's why they get so excited. That's why they're so weak in the knees when they get, uh, you know, work with a real skillful pickup artist, for example. Yeah. You know what I mean? So okay. mature, yeah, a mature, no, I understand a, that. Yeah. A mature woman would be less susceptible to charm. No, less susceptible to smoothness unless it's really who you are. Okay. But most women are still, they're still going to like it, but, they st- but they're going to watch you and be like, are you, you coming from really reality or not? And that's really the type of woman you want in the first place. Yeah. But, but even, even though you're not necessarily, you ain't, you are, you're not practicing skillful at being smooth, you should start right now. <laughs> because you're going to need it regardless of how you interact with women or uh-huh. the woman you do or the women you do interact with, it's going to be better that you are smooth and charming than not. And here's why. And then uh, I'm going to go into the work, the content. So uh, when you're, when a man is being smooth and charming, what he's doing is he's using his skill set to make her feel safe and secure, to calm mm. her down. When a man has enough confidence and he expresses his confidence convincingly enough to a woman, whether it's real or fake, she starts to relax. Oh, everything's going to be okay. Mm. Hey, honey, I got this. Come here. Give me a hug. I got this. No, 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 really. I really just got it. (laughs) I mean, honey, come on now. Listen, let me tell you how I'm going to handle this. I'm going to handle it like, and she would like, start listen a little bit. And then next thing you know, you know, listen, I I got people that can handle this. Listen, this is not a problem. I mean, watch, just watch. And then she'll be like, hey. after a while, she'll be convinced you say it enough times. Yeah. As long as you maintain yeah. cool, she can lose her uh-huh. mind. You can maintain cool. And next thing she's going to come around to be cooler. I'm going to explain how come even deeper in a minute, or two, in, you know, a couple of minutes. So, but okay. I'm just saying it. Yeah, because, but I've noticed that before. Yeah. The smooth cats is the ones that make women feel safe and secure, make her feel calm and cool, cool and collected. And next thing you know, they're doing all kinds of stuff with him because – Ah, he made me feel so safe. And see, and there's another thing. I keep saying feel safe, right? Mm-hmm. You don't hear me say be safe. Yeah. They need to be safe, but they don't think about it as safe. In their world, as, soon as, as long as they're feeling safe, it's okay. Okay. They need to feel safe. <laughs> like, bottom line, so... All right, now we're going to talk about emotions fundamentally. This is both, you know, both genders, but uh, you're going to see how what I'm about to say uh, applies to what I've been saying and what you've been seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, Spirit, told, Spirit told me to have this conversation, to say the stuff that I've been saying to you today. I, I don't normally deliver what I just did to people doing this program, but something said I need to tell you this today, so I'll, I'll follow my intuition, though. Okay. All right, cool. So, again, this is session three. We're going to talk about emotions. And um, this session is about not managing emotions, which is different from not knowing how to manage emotions. Yeah. Because if you don't even know you're supposed to manage emotions, then you cannot manage emotions because you won't manage emotions because you don't know you're supposed to. And then you're just going to have a mess on your hands. Every time yeah. some feeling goes anywhere other than happy, there's going to be a mess somewhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so uh, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to read you a list of the impact of being controlled 
by one's emotions on you, your partner, and the relationship. Okay. And by the way, and by the way, today, mm-hmm. so last last week we talked about, you know, business a relationship is part business, part baby, right? Part emotions, part mm-hmm. non emotions, right? I'm going all the way in on the first part, the non the non um of the, the the baby part, the emotions part. So we okay. started last week just explaining to you the whole concept. Now I'm going to explain to you how it really works and how to use it. Okay. All right, cool. And then next week, when I talk about breakdowns, it'll be about the business side of the relationship. So I need to go all the way in on both of those pieces, but I can't do it in one session, so I split them up because it's that, it's that big, that impact. All right, that's good. Cool. Good, 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 good. Yeah, so, all right, so the impact of being controlled by one's emotions on you, your partner, and the relation. And the reason why I say the impact on being controlled is because if you're not managing your emotions, your emotions are managing you. Yeah. Okay. So if you're being controlled by your emotions, how is it going to either affect you, your partner, or the relationship? Is you going to, there's going to be regret, alienation, destroyed sense of trust, uh, short-term actions, creating unwanted long-term solutions. What that looks like is I punch a cop in the face and I do 20 years. Because I felt okay. like punching him in the face. Right? Felt yeah. good. <laughs> but now I'm fucked for like a long time, right? That guy yeah. retired that guy retired sitting on the beach with his family for ten years while I'm in jail because I punched him in the face, right? Like or I said something nasty to my wife. Or you know what I mean? Like Yeah. Ha- having short term actions create unwanted long term consequences. <laughs> um being considered unsafe in the eyes of others leaving people with a negative customer service experience. Now, you ever went to a place, you know, to a restaurant, and they took way too long to bring you your food, way too long to give you the menu in the first place to take the order, and then way mm-hmm. too long before they came to, for you to pay them. And then they didn't even give a fuck because they, as far as they're concerned, they was busy. You need to understand, right? Uh, You've experienced that once or twice before? Not all three at once, but yeah. Yeah, okay, great. So I'm glad you ain't experienced all three at once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But you've, you've experienced horrible customer service, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're not paying attention to your emotions, and then your emotions are paying attention, uh, uh, your emotions are running the show, and they're leaving people feeling, like, icky when it, you know, it's like it's like bad customer service. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's what you'd be doing if you don't manage your emotions your woman is going to feel like you've given a terrible customer service because romance <laughs> is excellent customer service. Mm-hmm. That's really romance. I mean, you got these techniques that's different from, from you know, official customer service, but customer service is the intention, is the, is the thing about how to um, uh, keep your customers around so they can spend money longer and tell their friends. That's what quality yeah. customer services should be doing, making them feel great, making them feel so great that they want to tell all their friends, and they want to stay around too, right? That's what romance is in a relationship. <laughs> it's customer service, bro. Wow. All right. Right? So, yeah. yeah. So if you don't understand how to manage your emotions, you're going to be leaving them with customer service experiences that suck. You know, if you make them feel like a taxi cab that went the long way and, and charge you extra $10, and then be like, yo, man, it's just, it's just sorry, that's all I could do. Right? So, that's, how, that's, 
That's how you be leaving yeah. your girlfriend. You don't want to do that. Yeah, I like and that then, concept. Yeah. And then leaving them feel hurt, invalidated, like they're not important, making them feel unloved, and all that other stuff. And this is a short yeah. list. This is a short list. So now, here's the biggest thing about, a, about emotions in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You actually have an, um, uh, an emotional culture, an emotional environment between you and, your, and a woman, you and your partner. If you was gay, I would yeah. do the same thing, but I know you ain't, so you're good. You're good. Uh, <laughs> so, so let me just say this. The collective feelings that occur between the people in any relationship make up the relationship's emotional environment. This occurs regardless of the type of relationship involved, work, play, romantic, family, even enemies, doesn't matter. People rarely ever pay attention to the impact of their feelings and emotions on others. Because of this, they don't know how they contribute to the quality of the relationships they find themselves in. This also has people be at the effect of how they feel and the feelings of others as if they have no control of their feelings. So me and you, we have a relation, right? We're buddies, right? We're talking. We're yeah. also client, you know, coach client, right? So we have an emotional relation, which fundamentally is basically pretty cool and supportive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if either one of us started losing our emotions or stop losing our focus and our attention on, on them, and this is natural how it's going, but, you know, we could change and destroy the emotional environment in a heartbeat if we was going to be an asshole about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, we don't realize that we're contributing to the quality of the emotional side of the relationship just by being who we are. And our partner okay. doesn't either, so we're not even paying attention to it. We don't even know how big an impact we have on our own relationship, for crying out loud. But because you are Akeem the Dream, you're going to be making people have dreams of greatness around you. That's what's up. All right. <laughs> so... um, Because of that, you have the power to influence every relationship you find yourself in Um, if you you can merely remember that you already are contributing to whatever relationship you're already in. See, you're you're already doing it. You might as well just wake up and notice. Yeah. That's part of what Dante is actually saying to us in, in 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 our group. Is that yeah, I've been realizing that more and more. Yeah, you're already influencing it. You're having it go a certain way, whether you realize you're doing it or not. You might as well be yeah. doing it intentionally, you know? So now, an emotional environment can be loving, violent, cynical, fun, manipulative, regretful, empowering. You actually get to say from now on, choose which ways you want to feel and focus on that rather than on, rather than on the emotions of others. With enough emotional intensity, you'll eventually have others feeling exactly as you do. Might not happen quickly, yeah. but it could. You've seen that actually happen, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, you know, people feeling however they feel, and then all of a sudden everybody else starts feeling the same way they feel. And it could be good, it could be bad. You want to know why? You want to know Mm -hmm. why that happens? I'm going to tell you right now. The person with the strongest emotions is in charge of the relationship. 
Okay. At least for as long as they have the strongest emotions. Yeah. <laughs> right? So if you've ever noticed, babies always dominate the space they're in. If they're not happy, excuse me, if they're happy, if they are actually happy, even the meanest thugs will start smiling for at least as long as they're yeah. in the presence of a baby, right? That's because that's because the baby got the that the, the, uh, the uh, has the strongest emotions. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wherever they are, once in a while the mommy and daddy might have the strongest emotions, but but normally the baby got the strongest emotions, man. <laughs> also, when a boss is angry, they dominate the space they're in. Not always because they're the boss; it's because they're the one with the strongest emotions. Now. Their emotional strength comes from the fact that there won't be consequences for them being angry or for whatever they're feeling precisely because they're a boss. It's not always true, but that gives them a lot of freedom to be more emotional than you will be because they can fire your ass. So like that, right? Yeah, they don't have to worry um, for negative um, um, repercussions. Repercussions, right. Right. So, So they get as angry as they want. If you notice it, Donald Trump is doing that. Mm-hmm. He got no, as far as he's concerned, he's trying to get rid of any consequences he could have, but he's bossing people around, making a terrible. I mean, hey, man, this this is going down to history in the history of the world. This is not this is not going to be United States history. You know how they talk about Julius Caesar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking about Trump forever. He's immortal now. Which is yeah. So right. Anyhow. <laughs> He's like the opposite of Abraham Lincoln, man. My God. All right, anyhow, forget about that. Now, having the strongest emotions doesn't mean having the ugliest emotions, such as anger, hatred, or intolerance. It could also be the coolest, most loving, or compassionate. That would explain Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, and Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. If you focus on being loving, understanding, compassionate, or generous to the fullest extent possible, you'll have relationships go your way in the end. So I'm going to give you a couple of extreme examples. Yeah. Did, did you ever see uh, Driving Miss Daisy, the movie? Um, No. Have you ever heard of that movie? I heard of it, but that's just about it. Okay. So um, Morgan Freeman... And mm-hmm. was, was a driver. He was the one driving Miss Daisy around. Yeah. And uh, Miss Daisy uh, was a lady, an uh, actress named Jessica Tandy. I know she was nominated for Academy Award. I don't know if she actually won it. And I think Morgan Freeman was, was nominated in that role for an Academy Award. It was a great freaking movie. So uh. driving Miss Daisy was about this lady, senior citizen in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Okay. And and she was a bitch on wheels. You ever know those those curves, oh. those 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 cranky old women, cranky senior citizens? Like nothing's yeah. wrong. They got to complain about every fucking thing, right? That was Miss yeah. Daisy. Oh my God, that was Miss Daisy. And Morgan Freeman, his name his name was Hoke, H O, A K Hoke. And Hoke. Okay. And Hoke was her driver. And oh. no matter no matter how nasty she got. He was like, no problem, Miss Daisy. <laughs> but he wasn't trying to be a nice guy. He actually was a nice guy. Like, he felt compassion for her crankiness. Yeah. At the end of the movie, 
after him driving her around for 20-something years, she had to go into a senior citizen uh, uh, center. She couldn't stay home anymore. And yeah. Hope would come and visit her. He couldn't drive her around anymore, but he'd come and visit her. He was almost ready to go into senior citizen center himself. Well, by that time, 20-something years later, he was the only one she respected and liked and trusted and, gave, and treated yeah. nicely because he had the strongest emotions the whole time. It just took her 20-something years to get it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. He never let her get her that never let her get on his nerves. Not once in the movie did he like fucking Miss Daisy. You know? Never. It was an amazing movie. The one with the strongest emotions is in charge of the relationship for at least as long as they have the strongest emotions. She didn't mm. know it and the people in the movie didn't know it, but Hoke, Morgan Freeman had the strongest emotions in that movie. It just didn't look like it because he was cool, calm, and collected while she's all, like, bananas. Yeah. She criticized everything. She could see things wrong before they became wrong. <laughs> so now, that's one example. Let me give you a second example. Okay. Did you ever see this movie called um, A Beautiful Mind? No. <laughs> also, okay, a movie no. I heard of, but that's about it. Yeah, that one won that won the Academy Award for Best Picture. Uh huh. And um, the uh, uh, Russell Crowe was the star of the movie, and um, he played this guy who was a genius, but he also was uh, mentally dis- mentally disturbed. Yeah. And so um, he used to have imaginary friends, and he was doing some crazy shit. His wife married him. He was a uh, professor after he, after he graduated from the university. This was a true story, actually. It was an autobiography. Yeah. And um, he had lost his mind, and when she married him, she did not know that he was crazy. Um, but after he got after she got married, you know, he had to go to the clinic, and they would do a shock therapy on him, fucking him up. Oh, my God. And, um, you know, she was losing her mind dealing with this guy. He was crazy, you know. Um one time, uh-huh. uh, he thought that uh, she, you know, the wife was doing some stuff around the house, and um, he said, no problem, I'll take care of the baby, and the baby's in the bath water, in the tub, the water's running, his son, and uh, he left it around, and then when the wife came back home, came back upstairs after doing the laundry, she came back upstairs, and she looked, and she saw that the baby was almost drowning, and he had said, oh, no, my friend, he's watching him, and she called the psychiatrist immediately. Oh, Okay. And she um, she called a psychiatrist immediately uh, to have him get some, med- some some medical care or something, right? And this was in yeah. the 50s. This was in the late 40s or early 50s when this happened. This was before technology they have now. And um, so the doctor was coming, and she's holding the baby, and she's so pissed off, scared, angry, all of this stuff, because you almost drowned the baby, your crazy-ass mother like yourself, right? But then uh-huh. she had. Then by the time the doctor got in, she realized how much she loved him, and she did not want to lose him. And so she said, "Okay, listen, we got to do some reality check here, or whatever, right?" And so, even though he almost killed the baby by accident because he's crazy, she didn't. She changed her mind about him going to the doctor. This was about two years into, you know, the baby was like less than two years old. It was an infant. Yeah. Right? Twenty years later, almost twenty years later. He finally gets enough health, health, uh, enough help where he could kind of function in society a little bit. 
Uh. And so, um, you know, people that he was in class with, he, um, they all became professors um, at Princeton University. Uh. So, so he decided, you know, maybe I should take a chance. His wife was encouraging him to get out the house and like start living a regular life again. He seemed to be kind yeah. of halfway normal. And so, um, so he went there, and his first day on the job, he lost his mind. He started screaming at his, at his, his three imaginary friends in front of hundreds of students and faculty. Yeah. The, the security had to take him home. When he got home, he was so embarrassed, hurt, and, and destroyed. He told her, honey, maybe I should go to the doctor because I don't think I can handle this. I, I don't know how to do this anymore. And this is after 20 years. They both got gray hair. They're sitting at the kitchen wow. table and he says this, right? You know mm-hmm. what she does? She sticks her hands out so he can hold her hand. And then she says, let's do this again. Let's try this one more time tomorrow. Wow. Uh. There's no sex. It's not about sex. This is just strictly about love. Because earlier in the movie, you know, she came with the baby. You know, it was after that. It was either before or just after that scene, right? She's walking through the through Princeton University, and, and one of his classmates, one of his classmates says, hey, uh, so how's it going? And how are you doing? And she started talking about the family and the activities she's doing and blah, 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 blah. And he said, no, 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 no. How are you doing? And then she said something profound. She said, um, well, you know, it's tough. You know, and sometimes mm-hmm. it feels unfair what I'm doing here, what's going on here, you know, with him, with him and his stuff, you know. But every once in a while I look at him and then I remember that I love him and I remember why I love him. And then I look at him, and then he becomes that. And I don't do it a lot, but I do it, you know, sometimes, and that's enough. So I say that because she kept bringing love. She had the strongest emotions in spite of his insanity. Yeah. She, she loved him so much. She loved him more than his insanity. She was in control of the emotional side of the relationship. You can be that too, no matter how crazy a woman is. I really want you to get it as an extreme. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I'm a relationship coach. I don't know if I can do what she did with a crazy woman. I don't know that. No. But I know it's possible because that was their life. At the end of the movie, he got a um, um, Pulitzer Prize. Um, no, a Nobel Prize for mathematics. Because he had wow. done this ama- he had done this amazing thing when he was in college before he left, and they kept examining it for thirty years and then when the professors came around to see him, they needed to make sure he was not insane so they can give him the award because they wanted to give credit where credit was due yeah and when he gave his his his, his uh speech of gratitude, it was all about mm-hmm. it wasn't all about his wife, but it was really all about his wife. He just he knew that if she didn't take care of him, there's no way he's standing there right then and there. Yeah. She had the strongest emotions, but it was for good, not for evil. So I'm trying to let you know that your good feelings, your good emotions will be stronger than any crazy woman if you stand there long enough holding and remembering that you got the strongest emotions. Yeah. Does that communicate? Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's why you are Akeem the Dream, bro. <laughs> so, 
the next piece of this whole thing, you know, I started off by saying, uh, you know, the impact of being controlled because people are controlled by their emotions because they don't know that they shouldn't be. Then I talk about the emotional environment, what it feels like because based on how you act. Now then you know that the, the person with the strongest emotions is in charge of the relationship for at least as strong, for at least as long as they have the strongest emotions. As soon as the other person has the strongest emotions, they're back in charge. Okay? Yeah. So now there's another thing around emotions. It's called emotional currency. You've probably heard the term, but like, you know, I don't know if you did, but it's a misunderstood term that people use sometimes. But I'm going to explain uh-huh. it to you in a minute. So the way to take care of your relationships is to be responsible for the memories that exist in the relationship, the memories you create. These mm-hmm. memories these memories make up what are referred to as emotional currency. Each memory brings a certain quality of life to relationships depending on the quality of the memory. Romantic memories provide emo- romantic emotional currency but it could also, excuse me, provide intimacy, vulnerability, and friendship. Conversely, angry outbursts create memories of fear, invalidation, lack of respect, and dominations. See, the thing is that most people won't remember what you said or did after a while, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Yeah. So you've got to be responsible for how you make people feel. That's why you gotta watch it. you got to watch the emotional side of your relationship. Like it's a two-month-old that's just that, that might wake up in the middle of the night at any moment. Okay. Okay. Each incident creates a certain quality of feeling, and it either adds to or subtracts from the desired emotional state of a relationship. Let me say that again. Each incident creates a certain quality of feeling, and that quality of feeling either adds to the relationship or subtracts from the relationship's desired emotional state. What was the last part? Um, I'm going to read it again in full because I want you to get okay. it. I'm gonna, no okay. problem. Each incident, each mm-hmm. activity creates a certain quality of feeling. And that quality of feeling either adds to or subtracts from the desired emotional state of your relationship. So however you want your relationship to feel, what you do is either increasing that feeling or subtracting from that feeling. It's never the same. There's no, oh, yeah, it's the same as it's always been. No. Either adding to or subtracting from. Given this reality, it would make sense that creating great memories would be a wise thing to do. Most people know this unconsciously, actually. They do something messed up or they blow their stack and turn around and do something special for the person they just blew up on. Or try and try to make up for the emotional explosion that just happened a short time ago. Unfortunately, they don't know that it's too often too little too late. The time to do those nice things was before the explosions, not after. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. With enough memories of lovingness, mercy, forgiveness, generosity, and other expressions of love and affinity, relationships can withstand many strongly negative incidences without a scratch, and a few of the worst kinds of incidences, such as infidelity or criminal activity. That's not to say any relationship can survive those things. With enough love and enough emotional currency in the relationship's emotional bank account or memory bank, relationships can withstand almost anything. If you think about the Bill Cosby story, right, 
Yeah. Like he's dealing with courts now, right? About, you know, having been drugged and, and, and you know, raped women. But his wife is still standing there. That's fascinating to me. Because if it was really real, why is she what I don't know if it's real or not, but why is she standing there? Apparently yeah. he's created enough emotional current enough emotional currency that even they, even that ain't breaking them up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like somewhere along the line of it, so it's great love, great something that his marriage can stand that, can withstand that. And I know yeah. he's making it good, but you know, that's, that's that's, that makes me scratch my head, and, and the media is not saying anything about it. Like, why is she still there? If it was true, you would think she was gone. As many times he allegedly did that, you would think that was gone. But anyhow, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So one last thing. One bad incident can remove the impact of dozens of happily mem- happy memories. So you don't want to have too many of these types of incidences happening in your relationships. It's like putting a dollar in the bank account but taking $200 out. Your emotional bank account can only take so many withdrawals. So you uh, got to constantly – listen, you know, there's always like the straw that broke the camel's back, one time too many, right? Yeah. Yeah, you want to have one time too many great ones. <laughs> Not one time too many sucky ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right, so uh, you know, I said a, I said a whole lot here, man. I want to hear what you're hearing, you know, what you're getting out of this. All right, like I wrote down um, now like two things, right? So yeah. like um, I have like neg- negative emotions are like stones, and positive emotions are like um water. Right. Ooh. So like you when you drop on um, a stone in water, it splashes and ripples or whatever. Versus on um, water, if you give it enough time, it could eventually burrow, burrow a hole through the um, stone. Yes. Damn, that's good. <laughs> I like that. Okay, what else? Yeah, what also, like, things? I realized that, um, I don't know, like, I've been kind of, like, noticing these type of things, like, in terms mm. of interacting with people and how other people mm. interact with each other. Yeah. Before, I never really, like, picked up on it, but, like, I begin like, notice each of these things, and when they happen, I kind of, like, question it in my head. Yes. Yeah, and, like, I don't know, I just find it fascinating. That like how it's always like just been around. It's never really noticed it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This stuff has been in your face your whole life. It's yeah. Just, no, nobody's ever, no, nobody's ever really like not fully got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm learning more about it every day. So I mean, even though I get it, I'm learning more stuff. You know, more ways, better ways to say it, better ways to recognize it, better ways to affect it. But it's in our face all day, every day, and so. That's why I say relationships are simple. You just have to understand them. If you don't understand them, it's like trying to build a nuclear weapon, bro. You're just going <laughs> to blow up. You're going to blow up the whole city. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. You know? So we can fly uh, to the moon. We can, we can fly to the moon, but we can't figure out relationships. You got to give me a fucking break, bro. For real. Yeah. I mean... I'm going to say this one last thing, then I'm going to keep it moving. But do you not have any idea how many people are on Facebook, registered users on Facebook? I assume probably at least a billion by this point. It, the last time I checked, and this was months ago, was 1.8 billion. It's all probably closer <laughs> to two. It's probably closer to two billion people right now. Let's just say it's between. We said 1.8 billion. 
Yeah, one point um, eight. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 a statistic I got from uh, from Facebook itself a few months ago. Yeah, it could be as much as two billion, but just even if it was a half yeah. a million, even if it was a half a billion, how could a business successfully and powerfully manage a half a billion, a billion, one point eight billion people easier than two people getting along in a relationship? That's just bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, nah, that's, that's true. That's 1.8 billion individuals, a business that's managing, excuse me, it's, it's not even that. It's, it's, you know, Facebook basically manages social interactions, which means yeah. they're managing relationships. They're managing 1.8 billion relationships. No. They're actually managing multiples of that because there's 1.8 million people in all their relationships, or at least all the relationships they use on Facebook, right? Yeah. How could that be easier, simpler than one-on-one? I don't say it's possible. I just say that it's like, I guess they, they know or at least understand it well enough to be able to, I guess, like utilize it in such a way. Yeah, listen, I'm not saying anything is wrong with, with business. I mean, business knows how to run itself. We've got that proven yeah. over, over over centuries. We proved That's proven to be true. But what's not proven to be true for people is relationships working. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say is that how could one on – how could, how could 100,000 on – 100,000 people man, manage to take care of the relationships happily of 1.8 billion people and, you know, one man can't take care of one woman or vice versa? you got to be kidding me. Yeah. It's like, it's insanely impossible. It's like ridiculous. But anyhow, I just want to put that out there. It's like relationships are not only feasible, we were born to be in them, and they're simple when you understand them. But before you understand them, they're insanely challenging. Yeah. So I just want to, like, I want to give you that perspective so when you see a woman that you might like and she might be looking at you good, you know, listen, it could work, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, all right, anyhow, next. Um, the next thing is I want to talk about is happiness. Okay. So, I ain't got much to say. There's not a lot to say about happiness, really. But yeah. I'm going to say what there is to say. So, here it is. You ready? Mm-hmm. You're responsible for your own happiness and self-esteem. No one can do this for you. If you put this on your partner, you're overburdening them giving your power away and sabotaging the relationship. You got to know how to make yourself happy. Now, yeah. your partner can share their happiness with you, but they can give you, they can give you your happiness about as easily as they can eat food for you. You know, you watch okay. them eat food, but you be yeah. watching them eat food, but it ain't going in your stomach. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> You can watch them eat food all you want. They can even bring you the food. But, oh, you can put it in your stomach. And that's yeah. happiness. It's the same thing. So you want to make sure that you maintain your own happiness. So that's what I'm going to say. Now, I'm going to talk about the negative side of, rela- of emotions. We're almost done, actually. All right. So, um, so um, the other side of, you know, managing the emotions you know, by, by the other side, which is, you know, controlling your emotions and being man, managing how 
you feel and bring in the most positive, loving emotions to the relationship so that you're creating an emotional environment of love. Mm. The other side of that is being triggered. Yeah. In other words, your emotions are running you and you don't know it. So I don't know if you knew, if you remember me saying that one of the big things I wanted to get out of that program is to be untriggerable. You've heard me say that a yeah. few times. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. This is the conversation we're going to have. I'm still working on that myself. I'm way better than I was a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. I ain't perfect yet, and I'm working on it, right? So, yeah. but the thing is, you got to recognize what triggers you. If you don't, you're under exactly. control of, you gotta, you're under the control of your emotions. So, recognizing what triggers you is essential to managing the emotional culture, the emotional environment of the relationships you're involved in. Having said that, it would be wise to recognize what has you become unglued in the midst of dealing with people. Some of us get triggered by unfairness. Some of us by being accused or abandoned. Some of mm-hmm. us hate some of us hate to not be acknowledged, and some of us will fight for our freedom even if their freedom is not at stake. Some of us are paranoid, some of us are critical, or critical of others who are critical. <laughs> I'm going to make you wrong for making people wrong. Yeah. <laughs> how, how well that's going to work, right? Yeah. So, so um, you know, you see all of that stuff, you, you know, I'm sure. No, I do. Yeah. yeah. So whatever triggers you is an obstacle to being someone who can manage the emotional environment of relationships. Emotions do not manage themselves, but they can manage you. Let me say that again. Emotions do not manage themselves, but they can totally manage you. <laughs> this is because feelings are terrific servants, but terrible masters, bro. Yeah. You've heard me say that before? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Feelings are terrific servants, terrible masters. I can't say that too much, bro. It's not possible. Because at some point you'll be like, oh, I hear that again. No, I heard that in a new way. Yeah. I actually yeah. got to keep saying it once in a while myself. Terrific service, terrible masters. <laughs> use them. Don't let them use you. So, all right. So now what I'm going to talk about here, and this is the last piece of this before I go into the, uh, uh, yeah, this, this is the last before I go into, like, session uh, part two, because uh, I want to explain, you know, the, the, the world of emotions. So, you know, I talked about the positive ones. Now I'm going to talk about the negative ones. So there's through spiritual meditation, I was given the, the top, most popular, most recognized negative emotions of humans, human beings. Wait, through what? The, the, the most popular? No, no, what was on the first part? You said um, through something. Through, through spirit. Oh, okay. Through spirit, through receiving from spirit, I get a lot of knowledge and wisdom through spirit. I don't tell yeah. many people. So that's why I feel so confident because I get it from spirit, then I test it, and I'm like, oh, damn, he was right. And then uh, that's it. You know, and some people might think I'm going to know it all, but like, no, 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 God told me that. This wasn't Tony. <laughs> I'm smart. I'm not that smart, you know. <laughs> so, this list, this list is the most popular, most frequent, most uh, present negative reactions, negative emotional reactions. Uh. That's what this is. There's lots more, but these are the ones you'll see most often. Yeah. 
So, you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm going to just say them in alphabetical order. And then, you know, I'll, I might explain them a little bit. But this, this list is fast because I'm not going to say any one of them you've never seen before. I promise you. <laughs> yeah. If I do hear one, I'll, I'll mention it. Okay, good, good, good. I'll be shocked if you do, actually, quite frankly. You might, <laughs> you, you, you might not recognize the name, but when I describe it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, damn, got you, right? So, yeah. Because they're that popular, you know? <laughs> so um, I put them in alphabetical order only because I didn't know what other kind of order to put them in. It really doesn't matter. But yeah. here's the alphabetical order. So aggression, being aggressive, mm-hmm. that's a negative reaction. It's a reaction. You can be aggressive consciously, but most of the time when we get aggressive, it's a reaction. You know what I mean? So um, so that's that. Then uh, next is anger. Anger is a feeling. Aggression is an expression of that feeling. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, good. All right. Hold okay. on a second. Yeah, hold on a second. All right. So I got I to gotta take, take a minute. Um, I'm going to bring you with me, but I got to take a minute and tell this young man who's upstairs. I'm in Pennsylvania, right? So, um, I got to tell the young man who's the neighbor of of my friend here to go home because his dad just said go home. I got a text message. I don't want to include right. on the, no on the call, but but um, yeah, I am kind of halfway babysitting, so let me just tell him. I'm probably going to put you on mute, and then you can tell jokes or something, so you don't have a whole lot of silence. Hold on. <laughs> Nah, forget about it. I'm not going to do that. Uh, Max, your dad wants you to go home. Got to go home, bro. Don't make him come over here. (laughs) Come on. Let's go. Okay. Okay, well, he's he's coming now. I got to stay here and wait until the door closes, make sure. (sighs) Give me some dap, bro. See you later. Yeah, the the, the teddy bear got smaller. I can't believe that. Imagine that. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Is that yours? (laughs) Go home, man. Get out of here. See you later. Well, it's because he got squeezed up for a couple of days. So, Dad, I said hi. It's all right. What up, Joe? Dude. Oh. Yeah, there you go. I All right. Thank you. Thank you. You should take my lines. I'm on, my, I'm on a call. I'll be off in about uh, 20 minutes, okay? okay. All right, cool. I'm downstairs. All right. <laughs> so, there's uh, Max and then there's Levi. Yeah. Levi is eight. Max is almost nine. They're a year apart. Okay. They're next door neighbors. Uh, uh, Max is—I don't—he's Asian. I don't know if he's Chinese, Japanese, what. Uh, Levi mm-hmm. is uh, Jewish. Um, me and Levi—we homeboys from way back, bro. I mean, I know—I knew him at least first time I met him. I think he was five. So, yeah. eight now, and you know, going into the third, fourth grade, and uh, he's the man. <laughs> he's funny. His mom loves him to death, uh, which I don't blame him. So, all right. Back to you. Yeah. I should have said that. I meant to say that at the beginning, but anyhow, there we go. Consider this entertainment. The entertainment portion is over. We're back to the training, all right? 
Um, so there's aggression, there's anger. Anger is the feeling, you know, and usually get, you know, people start screaming, but then that's the aggressiveness of the, uh, aggressive expression of anger. The anger could be yeah. just giving you the giving you the dirty look or something, you know. But it's mm-hmm. normally a reaction because people don't walk around saying, "Gee, out of all the feelings I could be feeling right now, I think I want to be angry." Nobody says that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anger yeah. takes you over. That's why I say feelings, emotions are terrific servants, terrible masters. Because anger takes you over. You, nobody ever says, I really want to be angry right now. Yeah. As, as a matter of fact, I'm going to say something about that real quick. So, I, so in a landmark course, one of the course leaders used to want me to come in and do a, 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 a role play with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like singing a song. So she was supposed to be nice. I was supposed to be angry. So I had to plan to be angry. I had to choose to be angry. And um, people would get shocked at how angry I could be. <laughs> so, uh, I'd scare everybody in the room when I would be screaming at her on, on stage. <laughs> She'd be like, uh, take out the papers in the trash. And I'd be like, take out the papers in the trash. Oh, man, that scared the hell out of people. Oh, man. okay, yeah. And she'd be, she'd be smiling at me because she knows, she knows that I, I had to work up to that. But that's hard. People don't intentionally try to be angry. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't. Just like anger takes them over, you know, just like aggression takes you over. So all it is is like that. Yeah. And so um, the next one is apathy. Apathy is a uh, absence of or suppression of passion, emotion, or excitement. It's like you just become empty. You pull yourself away like, fuck that. I ain't doing it. I don't care about anything at all. Disconnected. Apathy. Next, arguing. Arguing is a expression of anger and an expression of aggression to some degree. But arguing is like disputing, disagreeing in a negative capacity, negative fashion. Yeah. Uh, bull- bullying. Um, you know what bullying is, man. So, But that's a reaction. Yeah. It's not a choice. It's not like, hmm, I think I'm going to bully somebody today. Nobody says that, unless they're already pissed off. <laughs> they're looking for a reason to do it, to express their feelings. But it's negative. Yeah. Criticism, being a critic. That takes over, too. That's a negative reaction. That's certainly, I'll, I'll put it like this, it's certainly not romantic criticism. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's criticizing me. He's so romantic. Nobody says that shit, you know. Um, dismay. Dismay is to be, like, thoroughly defeated. Okay. That's not a, that's not a choice. When somebody feels so defeated, they like numb almost, I like can't even move. And that's that's a reaction. It's not a choice. Yeah, could you spell that last one? Dismay. Um, D I S M A Y. Okay. Yeah, dismay. It is. Uh, um, yeah, it's disheartened. It is uh, uh, just crushed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, distance. Like you put a wall between you? Yeah. 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 That's a reaction. It's not a choice. Some that That's one of the few that you could do as a choice, but if you do it as a choice, you should do it lovingly. Like, listen, you can't hear me, so I'm going to leave you alone for now. Mm. But that's not even a wall. That's like giving them the freedom and, and putting some space in. That's not even distance. Yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Distance. Like, it, can, it has to – you're doing the same thing, but for different reasons. Yeah, you know what I mean. So this distance is like fuck you. Just stay over there. I'm not. I'm. I'm ignoring you. Go away. You don't count. You're dead to me. <laughs> That's what distancing is, right? 
Yeah. Fear. Fear. Fear is a reaction because nobody says, I want to be scared right now. No, nobody says that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. For, right, I don't know. Anybody says, gee, I want to be scared right now. Maybe those men and women that like to be uh, uh, physically abused sexually, you know, tie me uh-huh. up and spank me, spank me daddy. But even then, you know, that's, it's not really fear a little bit, but it's actually sexual excitement. So that's not, yeah. oh, my God, biting your nails. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, frustration. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you like I'm glad you think I'm funny, man. It's good. Uh, <laughs> frustration uh, to uh, disappoint, to disappoint, or to stop somebody. You know, um, like like not getting what you want continuously is frustrating. Yeah. You know, that's not another thing that we say. You know, I want to be frustrated. No hell. In fact, nah. <laughs> people are, people are more likely to say I'm gonna be angry than to say I want to be frustrated. Man, that's probably the least. At yeah. all of them, that's probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one people don't want the most, or the want the least. Be frustrated, uh. <laughs> right? Um, another one is impatience. Being impatient, like standing there with your arms crossed, tapping your feet on the ground, waiting for the motherfucker to do whatever. That's yeah. not a choice. Oh, okay. That's impatient. Or when you hurry up, or when are you ever gonna figure this out? Or that's it's also judgment, but it's impatience. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when a person's impatient, they're probably criticizing somebody in their own brain, you know, judgment like that, you know. So that's yeah. that. Um and then and then ig- indignation. Indignation is like, How dare you? You're insulting me. That was offensive. Um you know, mm-hmm. like you have the experience of, of indignant. Um it's like how it's it's your displeasure of being insulted. Like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Like that. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. A, that's, a, that's a reaction. Like, you know, it's the term, it's, uh, another term for it is righteous anger. I'm, who do you think you are, holier than God? <laughs> right. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a combination of frustration, insulting, and anger. Being Feeling insulted and anger. Yeah. That's what that is, a combination of that. And all of these you've seen, like I said. Um, nah, I definitely have. Yeah. Being outsmarted. There are some people, they hate that. Donald Trump is one of them. He hates to be outsmarted. He won't even admit it. That's how much he hates it. He'll be like, <laughs> oh, no, we had the best thing ever. You know, and like somebody tries to outsmart, somebody outsmarts him, he blames it on them. Yeah. He blames the failure on them or his foul play, something like that, right? But it's not just him. Like, you know, I don't see that much, but I know that it exists. I have seen it enough. Yeah, now I know. That, yeah, yeah. You play somebody, they be like, what? Then uh, I guess one, if that's anything, yeah. you probably see that one like in like movies or stuff like that. Yeah, Which I don't like, see um, out there. Got it. Yeah, well, you see it in the movies, yeah. You know, like the, yeah. like Bat- Batman and the Joker. They get mad, outsmart yeah. each other, right? <laughs> in sports, it's, it's sports people outsmart each other, but they don't get mad at it. They make yeah. it hurt, and then they make them make them want to outsmart the other team next time. But it's not like anger, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, like how dare what motherfucker? Man, I can't man. 
I'm taking I'm taking him down now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Then uh pessimism, being pessimistic. That's pretty uh-huh. automatic. Right? Yeah. Pessimistic motherfucker over there. Damn, we shut up, please. Um Yeah, it's it's almost like they they expect things to go wrong. So before they even start, they're already projecting, anticipating, assuming things are gonna go sour or worse. That's pessimism. And then mm. stuff, and then and then stubbornness. Being stubborn, I don't think I explained that, but just you know. Yeah. Yeah, stubbornness. When people get stubborn, they could be standing for something, but usually, they just reactive. Yeah. So those are the most popular, of possibly millions of different reactions. Those are the ones you're going to be seeing. So. The assignment you're going to be getting is for you to recognize which one of these are yours, like your top uh-huh. five, even the top ten, the ones that you see yourself reacting to. Okay. Now, the reason why is this. Um, you probably know how your mom, your family, under circum- cer- certain circumstances, and you say certain things, you kind of got a sense of how they're going to react. You kind of know how they're going to react in some cases, right? Yeah. Like, you know, if you say certain things to mom, you know exactly how she's going to act when she says it, right? When you say it, right? Or do it. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. But you don't know yours. Yeah. You know, somebody says something, you don't know the type of reactions you're going to have. You know? Um, yeah. You know, for me, uh, I I re- react... Um, from frustration, anger, criticism. Like, I won't... So, uh, by the way, these things here, it's either you're doing it, these things, or you're reacting to somebody doing it to you. Yeah. You ain't got to be the one doing it. Like, somebody be angry with you, that'll trigger you to be, you know, aggressive or defensive or, you know, argue or, or get stubborn or something, right? Like, they'll do uh, one thing, and then and then if you don't be conscious you'll react in the normal reaction that you have to that way of being. You follow? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to see which ones that trigger you the most. Like if somebody does it to you, the ones you like dislike the most. Uh-huh. And then you also want to see the way you automatically react, the ones that you normally do. Okay. Makes sense? Because so, you want to be able to start seeing when you get triggered, that you're getting triggered so you can get out of it quicker. Yeah. Because if you could do this on your own, you definitely could do it easier when you're in a relationship. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, right? I'll so, be good. Yeah. Practice now. That's why I'm calling you Akeem the Dream. Yeah. So you could be Akeem the Dream for yourself so you could be the coolest cat in the house. No saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm having fun with this. I don't know about you. I know you're laughing, but I'm nah, having fun. I am not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I only got two more things to say. Okay. Um, first thing I'm gonna say is asking you a question actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is what's it gonna take for you to be happy in a relationship no matter what? What do you think, given this whole conversation about emotions? Because emo- happiness is an emotion. 
So yeah. what do you think it's going to take for you to be happy in a relationship no matter what? Like, no matter what um, your woman says, no matter what the circumstances are, you're going to be happy. What do you think it's going to take to do that? I don't know. Um, let me just be happy in it. I don't know, have respect mm-hmm. for the other person. Oh, no, I said um, have respect for the other person. Yes. Good. I like that. So like I don't, I don't know how that how that like works long term wise, but like I realize like in instances like I lose respect for a person, hmm. I, I'm never happy around them. Got it. Like even seeing them that like upsets me. Okay, I got that. Wow, well I'm I'm encouraging you to stop doing that <laughs> because that ain't how you keep relationships going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just you just threw them away. Let me see. Which one of those is that? Um, impatience, um, frustration, and distance. Oof. Distance, yeah. There you go. Yeah. You give them the Heisman. You know what the Heisman is? The Heisman Trophy? Yes, yeah, from hockey, right? I think. No, football, football, no. college football. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> the, Heisman, the Heisman Trophy winner is the, is the, uh, the uh, college football player of the year. Oh, uh. Yeah, because, like, I know I've heard that one many times. Yeah, the Heisman Trophy, right. So the Heisman Trophy is a statue of a football player running with the football. Got his football on the one hand, on the one arm, mm-hmm. and then he's got his hand out. Yeah. Keep, right? That's yeah, I know that Heisman. one, yeah. Right, right. They call that the Heisman because you got your hand out so they can't get close to you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and 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 so – the guy, I think his name was Johnny Heisman, but I don't remember the first name of the of the college football player who they named that award after. But um, they show that you know he's a running he's a running back and he's able to keep uh, football players from tackling him because he sticks his arm out and they can't get past his arm. That's a offensive football tactic to keep from getting tackled. Yeah, and um, and then. Um, in player circles and in, in the male male training around relationships, um, they talk about getting the Heisman from women <laughs> and how to get how to stop getting them to give you the Heisman, <laughs> which is which is talk to the head, go away. Oh, okay. That's what that means, the Heisman. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Yeah. So you're you're you use a Heisman Trophy winner. I got that. You put distance between you and people. You tell them to yeah. talk to the hand. You might not say it out loud, but you basically ought to tell them, talk to the hand. I ain't talking to you. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, time to cut that one out. All right, good. So anyhow, let me ask the question again. What's it going to take for you to be happy in a relationship no matter what? What do you think? Um, I'm not sure. Okay, good. Good answer. I, I, I think I only had one person answer like one of these A couple of people answer like one of them. Nobody's answered the three things I'm about to say. So I'm going to tell you what they are. And you get them in the email, of course. So um, number one, love others 100% just because. With no Uh expectation and no need for anything in return. You just love them. That's it. 100% just because. In particular, your partner. Mm. Love her. No matter what, she can be a bitch, dick, whatever. Love her anyhow, just because. 
But she's gonna, you know, with managing your emotions, you'll bring her around eventually. Yeah. That's the first thing. Second thing, you got to understand people at the level of principle. The principle, principles that people align themselves with, tells you uh, what dictates their character and allows you to recognize who they are. So you want to be able to recognize who people are, so you have more reasons to love them and to be happy mm. with them. The more you can see who they really are, the more you'll fall in love with them. Even the ones okay. that hurt, even the ones that's hurt and angry. For me, it's easy for me to fall in love with people and to love people, because all I see, if I can't see nothing else, if I can't see any positive about them, and they won't even let me around. I know there's a child in there screaming to be loved. Yeah. So I can connect to that if nothing else. Even if they, even if it doesn't work for me to be around them, I know that the only reason why they're being so disgusting 90% of the time is because they're missing something that they love. And so they be, yeah. they have their reaction about it. So I don't take it personal. But if they won't let me be around them, I will give them the freedom of, of you know, doing without me, you know. But as soon as as soon as they wake up and they be like, oh man, I'm sorry, I'm there. I'm like the prodigal father, man. You come back, no problem. You get the fatty calf and all of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> welcome back with open, welcome back with open arms. And in the meantime, I'm gonna go over here because it's safer over there than it is staying in front of you right now. Safety, yeah. I'm concerned about, you know, a workability, not a lack of love. So that's me, you know. So I'm recommending, recommending that, and see. You know the list of principles that I gave you in the first chapter, first session. Yeah. Yeah. The more you, the more you know those, the better you'll be able to recognize who people are. Okay. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. if you look at you look at our group, right? You know, mm-hmm. you got people coming from different principles. You know, you got people coming from love, generosity. Like, I don't know anybody that knows me that really knows me that's like being around me that don't say Tony's loves Tony's a loving guy. Yeah. I'm not saying, oh yeah, you know, um, um, you know, you're so romantic, and I want to hit on you, and you know, I love people. Yeah, I, matter of fact, I never say I love people, and everybody gets that I'm loving. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you, don't hear me, you don't hear me say, oh, I love people. You never heard me say that. Not like I wouldn't. I just think I just think I got better things to say than that. You know. Yeah. So, right. You know, and then, um, uh, you know, um, um, Kamor, he's generous. He's got yeah. a big-ass heart. He don't got to say, I got a big heart. It's present right there. You know what I'm saying? So he's coming yeah. from generosity and making a difference. Talk to him five minutes, you know that's who he is. He ain't, and he yeah. never used those terms, right? Because you can see what's running the show with them. These principles are what run the show. So the more you know principles, the easier it is for you to love and recognize people. Yeah. Right? So that's the second thing. First one is love others 100% just because. Second one is to understand people at the level of principle so you can see what there is to love about them and you can connect to that You see yourself yeah. in them. And then the third thing is as simple as the other two. Actually, the third thing is probably simplest of all, which is to choose to be happy no matter what. And choosing to be happy no matter what prior mm-hmm. to whatever you're prior to whatever you're doing or about to do. You got to constantly yeah. say, you know what? I'm going to be happy. Today, I'm going to be happy. So 
you got to constantly choose happiness. You got to choose to love others just because 100%. You got to choose to recognize who people are, and you got to choose that you're going to be happy because now you're managing your feelings rather than your feelings managing you. Yeah. That reminds me of, um, yeah, it reminds me of, um, uh, it's like the seven stages of, um, I think, grief it is. Yeah, like how the final uh, yeah. stage is um, acceptance. Yeah. 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 This is really, this is like accepting that you're a loving human being and accepting that you're going to be loving. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a conscious choice. So yeah. that's what it's going to take for you to be loving, happy in a relationship no matter what. And, you know, you're going to get the email, so don't worry about it. All right. Cool. Last thing. This is kind of a t- tongue twister. I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you'll hear it. So the only reason to be in a relationship is to be happy with someone who's happy with you. Yeah. Makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. But how many people think that? This is why I say you want to learn how to choose. You want to learn how to be happy no matter what. You want to learn how to be happy in a relationship no matter what, because the only reason to be in a relationship is to be happy with someone who's happy with you. Yeah. The only person who know who can be happy no matter what is the person who knows how to be happy no matter what. The problem is, if you're not a person who knows how to be happy no matter what, you won't be able to recognize whether a person is able to be happy no matter what because they choose to be happy no matter what. Mm-hmm. And a person who knows how to be happy no matter what, and they run into you and they know you don't know how to be happy no matter what, they will not be with you. I don't care how hot you think they are because you wanting somebody is not a good enough reason for them to take you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. It sounds so simplistic, but it's like, yeah, it you know. Does, but, yeah. but, but we don't think about that while we're trying to get them. So... Um, so that's today's conversation about emotions, man. All right. What you think? How you feel about this? Yeah, I don't know. Like, like so far, this I guess has been my favorite session. This one here it gave me like a lot of yeah. It gave me like okay. a lot of insight. Mm. And like, okay. um, I guess reflection in terms of those I've been around. Yes. All right. Well, that's good though. So now here's the thing, right? Hmm. The reason why I do, I'll just tell you, the reason why I have this program the way it is is because when I give you the first session, it makes it easy to get the second one. Yeah. When I give you the second one, it makes it easy to understand the third one. Then when I give you the third one, it makes it easy for you to understand the next session. <laughs> yeah. That makes it easy to understand session five. And then I get to session six. Session six is, six is quick. It's about two-thirds the time of this one. It's not... The full time, it's like where this yeah. all the stuff for your ninety minutes. This was that's about an hour, and you know it, I go sometimes an hour and a half, but it don't have to be right. Yeah, uh, this one here we've been uh, here uh, an hour and um, fifteen minutes. We ain't even go a whole hour and a half yet, which is good. Yeah, but no, um, good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but um, what what I'm saying is that um, at the end when I tell you what relationships are all about, you're gonna see how simple mm-hmm. they are. You're gonna see how simple yeah. they are. Because you're going to see how all of this stuff ties them together. And once you recognize how to recognize the problems, mm-hmm. then all you, got, all you got is the solutions. 
And then we can talk about dating after that. <laughs> yeah. Because I want you, I'm telling you, man, I want to see you be like, yo, man, I know she was, you know, she's all right, man, but I'm, I'm looking for something better. You know, I want to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, Mac Daddy. Yeah. Keem the Dream, <laughs> Mac, Mac Daddy. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because it's in you. It's in you. I already, I know it's in you. You just don't know it's in you. That's actually what I got about you today. That's why I'm so excited. I'm, 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 you know, drifting off a little bit from the content, but it's like, yo, that's my man. He, he don't know he, he don't know he the king. Damn. All right. Well, I'm gonna help him. <laughs> you the man with that. So, all right. So, anything you want to say um, in uh, closing? Because uh, I'm, I'm going to give you the uh, the assignment, but I want to hear what you want to say. What you got to say? You know, I heard you said you know it's like your favorite session, but yeah. anything else you want to say? Uh, it gave me like, I guess like a lot to think of, like especially mm. like um in terms of I guess like um the notes you just um leaving like an email. Yeah. I definitely gonna have to like um. I guess I like use it to like help like evaluate myself. Yes. And um, I guess like try to, I don't know something also like like put it away so I can always like kind of look back to it with um ease. Okay. All right, good. So I think by you listening to this one and going through this one, it'll be easier to understand the first two. Yeah. You know, I think. And, um, yeah, especially the first session, I think. This will this will help you a lot. Um, they're not directly linked, um, but they are linked. So, all right, good. So here's your assignment. All right. You want to identify your top ten emotional triggers. Now, you might have some emotional triggers that are not on this list, so feel free to look at the things that you get triggered by, you know, or the things that you get triggered into being. Yeah. You know, you can either get pissed off at somebody being cold with you, or you can get pissed off in how you react to being cold. Either way. So you want to look at your top ten ones, you know, and so you could do this in a bunch of different ways. So it could look like a bunch of incidences that upset you in the past, uh, you know, it could be things that, that um, um, you know, general trends like politics or religion that pisses you off. You could talk about yeah. what about them pisses you off. Um, the point is that for you to identify the thing that triggered you at the source, like the, the actual trigger, not the thing itself. So you can get triggered by religion, but what, tri- what about religion triggered you and what was the trigger and why? Uh-huh. Follow what I mean? Yeah. So I'll give you an exa- perfect example. So this is the moment when I knew that I wasn't taking no shit from no woman ever again. I was 16. Uh, no, I started out at 15. So I was working at this church, and um, um, I was working in the spotlights. My mom worked in the church, and she could help me get this job in the spotlights in the balcony, man. So mm. uh, it was just me on one side and this girl on the other side. Her name was Loretta. And uh, me and Loretta... Um, I was sweating Loretta. Oh, my God. She had this body, man. And I was 15. I didn't know nothing about relations, man. I just wanted to do her. Mm. My my skin was, I could feel her skin from across the damn balcony. Bro. I was like, that crazy, man. <laughs> so we would take a lunch break, and then we would go, because uh, this was in uptown Manhattan, we would go to a McDonald's and have a couple of you know burgers, and then we would walk to past the store that had jewelry in it. She wanted me to buy her these $30 bangles. Mm. Probably now it'd be a couple hundred bucks, you know what I mean? But at the time it was thirty dollars, and that was my whole salary for the week. 
Yeah. And, you know, so from September until Christmas, every week we would go out for lunch, and we would go eat, and then we would go look at this thing. She told me how much she liked it. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I know she had a boyfriend. I didn't care. I knew she was dealing with this guy at the church that she was cheating on her boyfriend with, but I didn't even think about the word cheating. That didn't exist for me yet, right? Yeah. So, so you know, she's messing around with these this, these two guys, and she was playing me because I had these thick old glasses that looked like Steve Urkel. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm a, kind of a nerd as far as she's concerned. So, yeah. you know, but but she played me out. A couple of times I went to the movies with her. That's the only time I ever got blue balls. You ever had that? Um, Do you know what that is? Nah. Yeah, I know what it is. Oh, yeah, blue balls, man. I've never had it before or since. But, man, my balls hurt for like a day after sitting in there with my dick hard for the whole damn movie theater, the whole movie. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Anyhow, Christmas comes, and we're at the church, and she gives, and I give her her gold bracelets. And she's mm-hmm. happy. And I'm happy that she's happy, right? Yes. And then she gives me a gift. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think about getting a gift, asking for a gift. It never occurred to me to ask. But she gave me a gift. And when I saw the gift, I got pissed. Oh, my God. I, I got instantly, like, nuclear. I looked at the gift, and it was an Old Spice soap on a rope gift set. That was, oh. I think, that was like three ninety nine or three fifty, dollars $3.50. Yeah. It was the cheapest freaking thing she could. There wasn't even any thought in it. I wanted to kick her ass. I, I really, I was so pissed off. I threw it at her. I cursed her out. I told her, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. I never want to talk to you again. And I didn't talk to yeah. her for another six months, other than uh, move the spotlight over there. Yeah. It wasn't about work, which was very little, because we had headphones on. We had to talk a little bit. But other than that, I didn't talk to her. I didn't look at her. I didn't go near her. Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. And so, um, not too long afterwards, um, we started, she she decided, you know, I think it was like May or something of that year, the next year, I'm 16, and she's thinking, um, I think she must have real, she must have appreciated or respected my my stubbornness, my conviction, that yeah. I ain't talking to her, so she decided she wanted to be my friend now, for whatever uh-huh. reason. I, I never did know that. So um, that was in May. We was in the church somewhere on a, on an off day, and we, she pulled me into a room. We started making out. She actually liked making out with me, like that. Like she actually enjoyed it. I didn't trust her yeah. still, but at least okay. Now she's kissing me. Okay, man, maybe I can trust her a little bit. So August, a couple of months later, three months later, uh, I was in uh, New Jersey and I came back to the city for three days. So I told her I was going to come back. Maybe we could hang out, right? Because I didn't mm-hmm. know who else to hang out with. We were supposed to go to a movie, and uh, her mom had a, a, a apartment. Uh, had a, no, had a beauty salon in Harlem. So I met her at mm-hmm. the park beauty salon. Uh, by the way, at that time I wasn't Tony Veer. I was Mrs. Veer's son. <laughs> you know, you're in church. You're in church. You ain't got yeah. no name. You, you belong to your parent, right? So I was, I was Mrs. Veer's son, right? <laughs> yeah. So I went to the, you know, the beauty salon. I'm thinking me and her, we're going to go to the movies. Mom, her mother, all right, y'all, I'll see y'all later. You know, close the door, lock the door, pull the case down, lock the door when you finish, right? Five minutes after her mother leaves, Loretta takes me in the bathroom, and we end up having sex. And I'm wow. like, oh, All right. oh my god! And I'm, I'm thinking, this. Listen, my my dick has never been on more fire than it was right then and there. But I looked down mm. at her. I looked down at her, and she acted like she had more. She was, she was digging it more than I was. Eyes rolling in her head. She wasn't playing. She was really like completely connected, completely caught up in the sex, man. Yeah. And from that point forward, for the next five years, 
she would chase me down for some sex. Not to be a boyfriend, she would chase me down for some sex. That was the most satisfying yeah. sex of my life to this day. Like, unbelievable. And so the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I said, fuck y'all in the horse you rode in on, and I meant it. And so from that point forward until maybe 2010 or something, mm-hmm. I was like, nah, man, if you ain't going to act right, fuck you. I'm, be- I'm-, I'm leaving. But see, I was, I was aggressive about it. Now it's about standards. Before it's like, I'm not letting you treat me fucked up. Fuck you. That's the way that's going. And that was my reaction. Yeah. I would go to a club, and um, I would meet a woman, and I would buy her a drink. And if we didn't dance after that drink, or she'd give me her phone number, and she asked me for a second drink, I left her at the bar, man. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm like, you're trying to get in my pocket. Fuck that. I ain't playing that game. Get the fuck out of here. You don't really like me. You just pretending to like me. And that was the end of that. So, you know, I'm sharing this because that moment when she gave me those um, that the old spice soap and rope gift set, mm. I was I was completely indignant. I was insulted, and and I was like, nobody's taking advantage of me again. And how little you think of me? Are you crazy. So I know once in a while I'll feel insulted. I'll feel indignant. Like who the fuck you think you're talking to? Yeah. Um, I don't I don't normally so so I want I want you to look at it from the way I just described it. You know what I mean? Like look in your life and see what it was, you know, and how it affects you. So you can recognize it when it comes down the pike. Yeah. I rarely get triggered by being indignant, having somebody, you know, like insulting me. Rarely. Um, yeah. And if it does, if for some reason it gets past me, it's because um, they're talking about something that I personally am embarrassed about, about myself. Mm. So I can catch, I can get out of it pretty quickly, like rather than hours you know, minutes. But, you know, I still, I'm not untriggerable just yet. <laughs> yeah. So, but the more you understand your own triggers, the more you'll be able to st- not let them affect you. And the more you understand your triggers, the e- the more you'll understand your partner's triggers. Okay. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it ain't just about you. It's about them. So when she gets triggered, you can be like a king to dream, be super cool, Bring coolness to it, and then he'd be like, "Oh, okay, I got it." Right, like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, honey, really? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, it's okay, honey. We're gonna be fine. I mean, really? Now, come here. Let me get a hug. Don't touch me. Come here, honey. You know, you know, you want to hug me. You know, you love me, Next, you know. Okay. That's how it's gonna go, bro. The one with the strongest emotions is in charge of the relationship for as long as they have the strongest emotions. And um, the, the more you get to catch her triggers, the more you'll be able to control the relationship because you'll be in charge of the relationship because you'll have the strongest emotions. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And for a guy, man, every man needs to hear this thing, bro. <laughs> because women usually run a relationship because they almost always have the strongest emotions. <laughs> so. That's true. Yeah. All right, so that's it, man. I am complete, man, unless you got something else to say. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> and I'm glad that you kicked up the, the, the entertainment value for you, bro, really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, yo, man, I see you Sunday. I don't know where we're going to be at, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen them on Finalize the Place yet. Uh, no. 
Yeah, they're making me come out of out of out of Pennsylvania, and then y'all ain't got a place for me to go to. <laughs> Five hours one way, fifty dollars round trip. It's really ten hours between. You know, let me cut this recording off. You don't need to hear this shit six from now. Six. Hold on, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Uh-huh. Waiting on a tax return. Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.